0: It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Swinging a drive, right field and deep. That goes Aquino. It's got a chance gone. Get out the tape measure long gone.
0: Fly the W! Cubs fans, it's
1: time to Fly the W with Dustin Rhodes and Paul Crawley-Jean. You are listening to the Fly the W670 podcast. It's season two. It's episode 39. Kyle Hendricks returns. Don't forget to listen, download, review. Most importantly, subscribe to our podcast. Follow us on the socials, Fly the W670 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or email us, Fly W 670 All right, Crowley, the Cubs are taking on the Mets. Game one, Drew Smiley was on the hill for our Cubbies.
0: Yeah, you know, it is. it was um, was super exciting as far as everything that's been going on lately. There's been a lot of action. We have a lot to talk about. And I am happy to say our predictions, Dustin, from the last episode, way wrong. So, hey, you know what? Cheers to that. (laughs) I have no problem being wrong. We know that we had uh, game one coming in here. And I I mean, I'm so jacked up right now. The professor is back. I mean, we're going to talk about it, but... How can you not be excited for Kyle Hendricks to return?
1: As Uh, I saw David Ross say, it feels like things are back to normal.
0: Yeah, it's going to be so huge. But uh, the other night, Tuesday night, it was Drew Smiley versus Tyler McGill. We give the pitching probables. That doesn't mean they don't get switched, and that's what happened. It was supposed to be Kodai Senga against Smiley. And I thought pitch. so.
1: I yeah. thought that's what was. I thought that's what we had said. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. And so, what they're doing, and, and this is smart because Japanese pitchers don't throw as much as pitchers in the United States, so they keep kind of giving them extra rest wherever they can. So, I don't know if the other pitchers like it that much, but as far as injury wise, it's a smart plan. But uh, either way, Tyler Meagles is the one that really suffered here. He loses seven to two on. Grateful Dead night for all the podcasters right here.
1: Yeah, but Crowley, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. I I saw you complaining on social media, not enough I Grateful was. Dead music, or or was there any Grateful Dead music? Did they finally get I, it going. I,
0: I, I have I, I put a letter in complaining. I, I had a couple things, but yeah. I'm so I'm dressed up. I got my Grateful Dead Cubs shirt on. I got my Grateful Dead hat shirt hat on. I am pumped up. And at the end of the day, two songs, one in the fifth and I think one in the seventh. I'm like, come on, that's. uh, The answer I got was it was a Grateful Dead event, which is why we got these bobbleheads. I got four more. I got all the colors, which are cool, but in a very nice bobblehead, actually good quality. But no music, no graphics, nothing. I mean, let's get excited. Let's play some music. Let's have some fun. It was just a regular old game with a bobblehead. I mean, it wasn't anything special. But at least for Cub fans, it was special because Drew Smiley once again gives the Cubs an opportunity to win every time out. He went five innings pitch, gave up four runs, uh, two walks and five Ks. He gave up a monster solo home run to Pete Alonso. But that's what the polar bear does, right? He yeah. uh, launched that one.
1: Now, you were at that game, correct? Obviously, yeah. Crowley. Did you see any thrusting from the polar bear?
0: i uh, not from where i was and then i okay. and i was i was trying to see if i can watch the ball land so maybe, All right. maybe well they I were didn't... down at
1: the time they they're, they're they're like celebration is a is a pelvic thrusting if you will um no, so i was wondering down. if you i was wondering if you saw any of that
0: no i didn't but you know those five innings you know, other than that that was really kind of the only blemish he did run into a, some trouble in the six when he gave up two walks to lead off the inning and and then he ended up loading the bases and Ross comes and takes him out no outs in the sixth it wasn't the best outing from Smiley but but still really really good and over his last 19 starts with the Cubs dating back to last season he is 9 and 3 with a 2.63 ERA and 94 Ks in 102 innings pitched his 2.13 That's pretty good. Yeah, his 2.13 ERA since April 10th in major league baseball is, is one of the best right now, so minimum nine starts. So with that start, he moved past Greg Maddox and Jake Arrieta with 11 consecutive starts at Wrigley Field, allowing two or fewer runs. That ties him with John Lester. Next up on the list to try to catch, his teammate going tonight, Kyle Hendricks, had 13 starts with two or fewer runs. But anytime you're in the conversation with Greg Maddox, Jake Arrieta, and John Lester, that's that's a good thing
1: absolutely that's good company to be a part of and uh yeah i mean not the best outing as you said but uh as you started saying at the top crowley what drew smiley does is he always gives the cubs offense a chance to compete
0: right now this is where we got a little bit nervous because he leaves with the bases loaded and you know me i have been pounding the drum for jeremiah strada give he's him, your guy yep give him a high leverage situation well, there's no more high-leverage situation than nope. clinging to a lead with the bases loaded, no outs, and being asked to come into the game. At the heart of the order, Dustin, first batter he has to face, how about Pete Alonso, who had previously homered? Well, what does Estrada do? He gets Alonso to ground to third, which scores a run. He gets pinch hitter and former Cub big boy Dan Vogelbach to line out, and then he gets Starling Marte to ground out, ending the threat, right? Bases loaded, no outs, clinging to a lead, and he gives up one run. How about that?
1: That was a great, great outing. Made David Ross look really smart, no doubt about it.
0: Yeah, if David Ross would listen to me, he'd look smarter. And so uh, Merriweather looked up okay. He gave up two hits, but he also struck out two and two-thirds of an inning. And Mark Leiter continues to dominate. He went an inning and a third of hitless ball with two Ks. And even Michael Fulmer looked okay, finishing up in the ninth. Leiter leads all Cubs relievers with 30 Ks. And he's just looking great.
1: Yeah, he's looking really, really special. He's definitely uh, even more than the Cubs could have expected, I believe.
0: Right. And so there are three guys on the offensive side that I do want to talk about in this win here. And that the first is Seiya Suzuki. He hit a solo home run in the second to start off the scoring and pull the Cubs within two to one. In the last 12 games, Suzuki slashed in 387, 455, 892. So still hot. Second, Matt Mervis. He had a tough road trip, no doubt about it, but he had his best game as a major leaguer. In the same inning that Saya hit his home run, Jan Gomes was at first base and Matt Mervis hit his first home run in what will hopefully be many at Wrigley Field to put the Cubs in front. Then in the fourth, Mike Talkman reaches on a horrible fielding error by left fielder Tommy Pham, popped out of his glove. And after Wisdom and Gomes struck out, Mervis had a two out single, hustling all the way that scored Talkman to make it five to one. He runs to second, the ball was caught up by the catcher who threw it to second and Mervis was called out. He shakes his head, he's not moving, tells Ross to challenge it and the call's overturned. That would lead to Mervis scoring on a single by Dansby Swanson to make it five to one. Mervis would finish the day two for three, two hits with a home run and a walk. Very good to see, Dustin.
1: It was excellent because I understand uh, if you were uh, losing a little faith in him, wondering if he needed a couple of uh, days off, not saying they should have sent him down or anything like that, but maybe he needed to watch Trey Mancini potentially, and it looks like he's uh, coming out of it a little bit.
0: This is going to be a thing, and I think David Ross mentioned it here, is this kid's going to get a chance. He's going to get every opportunity. I don't think it's going to be a week or even two weeks of slumping. They're going to see what they have in this kid. And so I don't think they're going to go quick to Trey Mancini. Obviously, if matchups look really bad and Mervis is struggling, then sure, they're going to do that. But uh, this is his job right now, and this is his to take, and he's got to do it. Finally, though, Christopher Morell, One for three with a walk and a home run. That was Morel's ninth (laughs) home run in 12 games. He's the first Cubs player since Sammy Sosa to Homer in five consecutive games. I didn't see that stat right away. After he hit the home run, I tweeted out, I have not seen anything like this since 1998 with Sammy Sosa, just the way that he's just popping them out here. But when you look at what Morel's done, he's the fourth player since 1901. I know you love that date nine or more home runs in the first 12 games of a season larry walker did it in 1997 luis gonzalez did it um all as well and then all-time cub killer mike schmidt hit 11 in his first 12 games of the 1976 season i looked back it wasn't all versus the cubs but this has been super impressive to me dustin
1: yeah that was a funny tweet you had about asking if Mike Schmidt did all that damage <laughs> versus the Cubs. He had me he had me laughing. Yeah, I mean, it, it's like he's hitting, he's hitting the ball with a tennis racket while everybody else has to use a bat. He just can't miss. When he connects, it's like, boom, where the power comes from, I don't know.
0: And, and let me say one other thing, and, and this reminds me a lot. He reminds me sometimes a lot of Javi Baez. One thing that I loved was in that same game, and no one's going to talk about this. They're going to talk about the home run, but he drew a walk. Okay, And once he did that, he advanced to second on a soft grounder to first. He made it to third on a pass ball on Gary Sanchez, and he scored on a single by Jan Gomes. Loved the home runs, but would also see love to see more of that from Morrell. Walking, getting on the base,
1: being a disruptor. Right, because I think David Ross said that uh, he is a man in scoring position from the time he steps up into the batter's box.
0: Right, I think he makes... Uh, the opposing team's defense and pitcher is very similar to Yachty, Very nervous, you know what I mean? They're thinking about him. They're not focusing on the batter, and and, and he just makes things. He's one of those guys that somehow just makes things happen when yep. he's on base.
1: Absolutely right, no doubt about it. Great, great opening game win for the Cubs. Loved, loved that game.
0: Yep, and and game two was a great, great matchup, pitching matchup. I was tempted. But I was so tired. I was tempted to try to get to this game. Marcus Strowman versus Kodai Sanga. Revenge for Marcus and Kodai, what could have been with the Cubs. And the Cubs take this one, 4-2. Four to, four to two. Far and away, the best game for Marcus in a Cubs uniform. He went eight innings pitch, gave up two runs on four hits, two walks, three Ks. His ninth quality start, which leads the major leagues. And the 14th time in his last 18th outing that he's given up two or fewer runs absolutely ace material dustin
1: yep he's looking like it he uh walked the he uh talked the talk walked the walk we said last week's podcast that he was going to be fired up to face his old mates and boy was he fired up to face his old mates
0: he gave up a two-run homer to francisco alvarez but other than that he was dominant and not only that dustin he was efficient in five out of the eight innings he pitched he threw ten or fewer pitches I was glad I wasn't at the game. I wouldn't be able to get a beer or pee without missing some <laughs> of the game. Man, that was it was so fast. The innings were just super sliding. fast.
1: Yep, yeah, super fast. Yep. Yeah. And how about the 17 ground balls he induced, right?
0: 17 of the 24 outs. That is vintage Strowman. The sinker was sinking. The and not only that, Stro puts on a clinic defensively in the sixth. Yes, he over-
1: does. Yes, he does.
0: You know, people forget that he, he was an infielder a Duke. Uh, he played second and short. In the sixth, with a runner on first, Strowman got Brandon Nimmo to ground-backed him, and he perfectly leads Dansby to second base, who completed the double play. And then in the seventh, Brett Bat- Batty hits a chopper to the third base side. Stro pounces like a cat off the mound. He makes a jump throw to first to get the out. I gotta say, out of all the... I've seen a lot of pitchers in my lifetime. The only person I can kind of think about that compares would be Greg Maddox, who went on to collect 18 gold gloves, six of those with the Cubs. And it, it, to me, just to see him make those plays, it's weird because you look at guys, these pitchers, and, and they sit there and they can hit a corner at 98 miles per hour. They can put a slider where they want it. But sometimes throwing to first or even throwing to second to start a double play, they don't look as confident. With Stroh, it just looks like smooth as butter, man, just unreal.
1: Yep, he is really slick with the glove, and uh, the defense behind him was playing really good as well.
0: Yeah, and and that, that's everything that the Cubs imagined when they built this team was run prevention, and you got to see that with Strow and and just how much fun the infielders and outfielders, the game's moving. Nobody wants to sit around. Nobody want. It was just fast, and he was flying. He's going right at him. Here, hit the ball.
1: Hit the ball. We'll catch it. We'll throw you out. No problem. Ye-
0: now, as good as Stroh was, I'm going to say offensively it was a mixed bag. Some good, some Mixed bad.
1: bag for sure. I mean, left way too many guys on base. Runners in scoring position is still an issue. He, he, David Ross, tried to sell us a bag of uh, BS that uh, the reason Master Boney was in the game and batting second was because of his good plate appearances. Now, it makes sense with all the ground balls that uh, Strohman induces that you would play him at third instead of Patrick Wisdom, but he doesn't need to bat second. Crawley, there's no reason that Miles Mastroboni needs to bat five times in a game.
0: <laughs> that none goes against again. It goes against what most people would think, and and I would love to really talk to, get serious. You know, I mean, you know, sometimes in those pressers afterwards, they they feed you like you said a bunch of bull. Was there some sort of data that said you know maybe Mastroboni? Well, none of them. None of
1: them faced. None of them have faced Senga. Right? There's no, no there's no history there. No, That's why I no. asked you in our in our off the in our chats together in our text stream, you know, okay, where can we look to see about these former matchups? Come on, give me a break. There was nothing there. Nothing. What
0: you could, what you would possibly, and I'm just, I'm just spitballing here. What you could potentially look at is you can take a look at where is Kodai Senga, you know, where does he throw most of his pitches, and who, who's strong. He's got that sinker, fork, the ghost fork ball. Maybe Master Buani is that's just his hot zone in the real, you know, the lower ends of the plate. Maybe he's really good at <laughs> ground balls. I don't know, man. I'm digging here. I'm maybe, trying.
1: maybe, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, you're trying. He white, hey. Tell us you're playing the guy because you want the best defense you can get out there. I can buy that, but don't bat him second. I would have been okay. You could have had him bat seventh or eighth.
0: Right. It was was definitely curious for sure. And, you know, the Cubs are down 2-0 and you're a little bit nervous there, but especially looking at the lineup that Ross rolled out there that you were talking about. But uh, they scored. They came right back down, you know, with doubles by Dansby Swanson and then Saya Suzuki, and they took the lead on a single by Mike Talkman to give the Cubs a 3-2 lead. And Nico Hormard in the sixth to make it a 4-2 game. But like you talked about, Dustin, 2 for 11 with runners in scoring position. They left 10. 10
1: 10 guys left on base. Come on, man. Give Stroman some uh, more crooked numbers
0: right and because he pitched so well he went eight innings right but what we've seen this season when you leave those runners on base now you got close games and that puts a tremendous amount of stress on a bullpen that's already leaky okay so mark leiter pitches the ninth he closes out easily to pick up the save but, the, you know, definitely, you know, a couple of those really good plays. I think it was a sixth inning that we were talking about Stroman, the double play and stuff like that. You just get nervous because you don't want to put that on the bullpen. Here's the thing, Dustin. I looked up the numbers. If the game is tied entering the seventh inning, the Cubs are one and seven. If it's tied entering the eighth, they're one and four. If, the, if they're tied entering the ninth, they're 0 oh and four. When they're trailing in the ninth, Dustin, they're 0 for 20.
1: Yeah, but those are those are not those are not good numbers at all.
0: No, and so you're you're not winning close games. We've talked about one-run games and all of these things and tied games in the seventh, eighth, ninth.
1: The good news, Crawley, is they got to fly the W once again. Really impressed with Strowman. Really impressed with uh, what uh, Lighter Jr. did again. Pressure situation, and he absolutely delivered for David Ross and the Cubs. So the Cubs got the uh, first two of the series against the Mets. We move into game three. The good news was Kyle Hendricks was back and we heard from David Ross before the game saying that it felt like a little bit of normalcy because Kyle Hendricks was now part of the rotation again but things didn't exactly go great for the Cubs on uh, Thursday night.
0: Yeah you know and, and and there's I always tell people there's a lot more than just looking at box scores. you got to kind of watch the game and see what happens. You could tell right away from the beginning that Kyle kind of, you know, was a little bit, I don't know if it was amped up or what, but that first inning kind of didn't start out good with a couple walks. That's not characteristic of Kyle Hendricks. And so, you know, he gives up only one run. He gets out of it and you're thinking to yourself, okay, no big deal. This is the Kyle Hendricks we're used to, right? He was able to get out of it and do some weak contact And things were looking really good until he got to the third inning. And once he got to the third inning, I felt like there was a little bit of uh, bad luck and and some bad defense that kind of affected him here, you know. So that, I think, was and
1: And it was all with two outs. Right. Now, bad luck and bad defense, you're exactly right, but also with two outs.
0: With two outs, yeah. So I think that the Mets did a good job adjusting to what Hendricks was doing Uh, McNeil singled, Alonzo would single, and then they're gonna have a conversation. And then Brett Beatty hits a ball, and I really think that that was a play that Matt Mervis should have made. He thought Nico was gonna make it, and the ball gets through, and that's gonna put the Mets back up 2-1. And then after that, Starling Marte singles to a ground ball to, uh, say, a Suzuki. So I would say that, you know, that that inning right there, that's three runs. You're down now 4-1. Which is three runs, which to me, Dustin, isn't the end of the world. You know what I mean? To be down three runs, this team's come back from that before.
1: Right. You know? They've come back from that before, but not tonight. Tonight just wasn't. Tonight just wasn't the offensive offense's night. If you would have told me that Kyle Hendricks going to allow four runs, that would not have blown me away. I would not have been shocked by that at all. Um, I no. was impressed. I was impressed with the strikeout numbers that he had. Um, yep. Walked a couple guys, hit a batter. But uh, th- this, is, this is a game that was lost by the offense, and the offense hasn't been trending great. We talked about it in game number two. You know They were fortunate to win that game because Marcus Stroman pitched his ass off. They left a bunch of guys on base, um, and so this is becoming a problem. But tonight, it wasn't even about runners on base, other than the Dansby-Swanson home run. There's rough, really nothing to talk about offensively.
0: Right, and when you look at the final line, like you said, 4.1 innings, six hits he gave up, five runs, three of them earned, uh, two walks and five Ks. Those walks all came in the first. You know, it it just seemed like one of those games where nothing was right because, like, Brandon Hughes came in, and he had runners at first and second. He doesn't check the runners at all. They run on him. That was totally stolen on him. Then Jan tosses it in the outfield. So there's another run right there that was just on, you know – you, you got to hold the runners on better than what Hughes did, and Jan should have known better not to try to force that throw. And right, then, and oh,
1: overall, that's been one of their trademarks, right? I mean, decent defense has been one of the Cubs' trademarks, and tonight it just wasn't it just wasn't there.
0: Right, the play by Mervis, that play by Jan, and then poor Michael Rucker was uh, tasked with eating it, man, and, and you could tell how frustrated Rossi was because he did not want to go to Assad. And, and I do got to say, Dustin, I was kind of surprised because – and I don't know if this is from something they heard in Iowa, because I talked to you about how Tommy Birch mentioned that from last episode that Assad was inconsistent, but I thought that Assad would piggyback Hendricks. You know what I mean?
1: Yep, and, I did too.
0: And, and 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 to have Michael Rucker came in, he he actually got lit up. 2.2 innings pit, gave up seven hits, five runs, uh, two walks, three Ks. How about the polar bear, Pete Alonzo? You know, just a cub killer. That guy just... I, I wonder, it's one of those guys that you wonder if he played at Wrigley, how many home runs would he hit a year, you know what I mean?
1: Right, and he, I mean, and that was a pretty decent pitch. I mean, he just went and got it, right? I mean, it wasn't like it was just a total meatball. He went. It was out of the zone. It was low and away, and he he went and got it. And when he touches the ball, it just goes a long, long way.
0: I'm just going to tell you that when, I, when I'm looking at what, what happened with Carlos, with Michael Rucker, I mean, they were barreling the ball on him he w- the exit velocities against a lot of what he was doing were all in the reds there 102 miles per hour 99 miles per hour 98 102 i mean it, it's it just wasn't the greatest outing for him and that that so all the things that we've talked about that we're concerned about as far as the bullpen and the offense like you said one home run that was dance P. swanson to tie it up in the first and then only five other hits other than that you know and and the strikeouts i mean weren't horrible you had 10 strikeouts you know, right now it looks like they left a total of, you know, nine men on base, over 4 with runners in scoring position. But, I mean, they weren't – this one wasn't even as – I mean, 10 to 1. Not. I mean, not even close. You know what I mean? No,
1: not even close. But, hey, the good news is they won two out of three. The other good news is Kyle Hendricks is back. The other good news is there's really no big injuries – Uh, as far as the everyday players that that we're worried about. And the really good news is, Crowley, is that it's Memorial Day weekend and the Reds are coming to town. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. This is season two. It's episode 39. The Cubs have the return of the professor, Kyle Hendricks. So we're calling this one, Kyle Hendricks Returns. And uh, Crowley, we've got a couple of uh, news items we wanted to share with the audience. Yep.
0: Time for a little news moves and the Reds preview. We have a Cubs prospect who was charged... Former
1: Cubs prospect... Former,
0: now a former Cubs prospect, <laughs> host praline Alcantara. There is a, the Dominican police are on the hunt for this kid, 26 years old. Uh, he got in an argument with a friend and shot him. It happened in his hometown on May 18th. I guess there was a dispute over, looks like the equivalent of $3,000. Uh, shot him twice and then he fled. So who knows what happens, but he was signed as an international free agent by the Cubs in January, January, 2022. So he was with the team for a year. He received a 500,000 bonus. So, you know, the Cubs thought something. He played one season with the Cubs minor league season. And so, you know, not, not great. He didn't do great in the Dominican summer league, but, but this is kind of bizarre one. And so, (laughs) You know, better that he's gone, right?
1: Right. Not a good story. You don't, the Cubs don't want their name attached to this guy. I think they got rid of him a little before this happened. That might have been part of why he turned violent, unfortunately. You know, it's a sad story. You feel bad for the family of the person that lost a loved one. Um, And hopefully, um, this guy can. be punished, and get his life back in order. Let, let's talk about Stroman and the Mets last night. You and I were talking about this before the podcast started, uh, something I mentioned a couple times today at the uh, SCORE studios. But uh, Stroman, when he got the last out, he was beating his chest and making all kinds of body language motions over to that uh, Mets dugout, and he said, I am that mf I am that mf and pounded his chest and walked off the mound. Um, I love it because it's Stroman. If it was somebody from another team and he was doing it at the Cubs, I would absolutely hate it, Crowley. Well, here's
0: the thing. This was in the New York Post. Uh, Mike Puma wrote the article for any of the podcasters that are interested in kind of falling into it. But it's you're, you're taking a look here, and it, apparently he had some anonymous sources, some players. One said, what did we do to him? And the other said, show some respect. Be a professional. It isn't all about you. We know that there is history uh, of Strowman and the Mets and just bad blood between him and the organization. But what you're talking about, it, I loved it, Dustin. I've been to games that Stroh started, and he's a lot of fun to watch. He's energetic. And the Cubs said, we feed off his energy. And, you know what, that basically all he said was, I mean, yes, he used some swear words, but he said, I'm the man, I'm the bad man. You know what I mean? That's it. Yep. What, 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 are they, what are they crying about? I don't understand this. And I will tell you, I hate the unwritten rules of baseball, right? He, well, that's a whole
1: other story. <laughs> right.
0: He electrifies Wrigley Field from the moment he comes out from underneath the bleachers and the warmups. He shouts at teammates when they make good plays. He claps at them, the screaming, the yelling, the demonstrative gestures. I love it. It's not boring. Isn't that what we're trying to do with baseball? Make it Right. I mean, not he tries boring? to he
1: tries to make it not boring. He tries to make it fun. I just think when you get into the the MFer part of it, I think that he could he could have done everything except the MFer part. That's That's, adre-
0: that's adrenaline. That's all I'm telling you. That's adrenaline. He's sure, fired sure. up and, right. and, 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 and and he didn't say it into a live mic or anything. And No. So,
1: Unfortunately, I don't, I don't care, <laughs> but I will tell you, remember, I would have loved the, to have played that beeped out this morning on the air.
0: Remember when the Cubs were playing the Cardinals and Wilson was getting, scoring all these runs and he was doing this stuff. Give it to me. Bring it louder. Give yep. it to me. Javi mm-hmm. doing it on the South. I love that stuff. I love personalities. I love that type of thing. The electricity, you know, I, I, I'm sorry if I think that just a guy who sits there act like you've been there before, blah, blah, blah.
1: Yeah, it, gets, it does. It does get kind of boring. I go. I, I'm. I'm with. I'm with you up until the MFer part. That's all.
0: I like the MFer. Keep it going, Stro. That's where I'm at, man. I thought it was. I thought it was exciting. I thought it was fun. And I. And yeah, if he would have been on another team, I would have hated it. But you know what? Right. I would have been. It would have brought interest and excitement. I love booing certain players. You know, when Ryan Braun would come in, I hated yep. that guy, and he hated us. But you know what? That made it fun to go to the game and cheer. And he's the bad guy, and he knew it. It's fun.
1: All right, Crowley, we have a major uh, roster move. That came Part of it came down after the game that Strowman threw, and then the other part of it just came hours ago. But uh, Kyle Hendricks is back, coming off the I.L. first time since last July. David Ross saying that uh, it feels normal around here to have Kyle Hendricks back. But what was the corresponding move in order to make room on the 40-man roster?
0: Yeah, this one was um, what I was expecting, and I have a feeling, I don't know, I, I feel like Jed is, like, finally kind of making some moves that I wanted to see. Nick Madrigal was option to Iowa. I thought that was the right move. You know I've kind of been behind that one. Um, I, I disagree.
1: That, I, I would have I would have moved Master Boney.
0: Okay, I think that, in my opinion, I think that you do need a center fielder. and Mike Talkman. he's looked good, I think. I, I, I mean you know i know that he's kind of playing yeah, he's fine up again, he's
1: fine he's fine yeah he's
0: fine legit outfielder you 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 have patrick wisdom you have um you know you you have all you have edwin rios up as a lefty i'm i'm fine i don't nick magical doesn't do a lot for me i'm i'm sorry you look at the numbers just not that great i, I mean he's okay but i'm fine with him going down all right
1: do you think he ever comes back up
0: don't know. I mean, it's it's you're having to worry, too, about uh, just keeping finding at-bats for Christopher Morel, And I think that part of the reason he has problems is he has not had consistent at-bats in a defensive position. Um, his brother, Rafael, who plays for Myrtle Beach, same thing. They move him around all over the place. It works for some players. But I think if you just let... Settle into third, I think that that's the best option. I think they're going to use him a lot in DH, which I think is the right move. Um, But I think his best defensive position would be third base. I'd like to see him get every start that Patrick Wisdom's not making there.
1: All right, a couple other stories, uh, feel-good story. Nick Birdie, local guy, made good. First time a Cubs pitcher had hit 100 miles an hour or higher on the speed gun since the 2016 World Series. He had to move to the IL because of an emergency appendectomy back on Wednesday. Yep, and so uh, it has been weird. The Cubs have had like a weird rash of
0: emergency appendectomies. I remember You remember Clint Frazier, who was Jackson Frazier, but I think he's back to Clint Frazier he was on the White Sox. He's on the White Sox now, but He's he on the White an... Sox
1: now, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, he had an emergency appendectomy. There's another one. This is Aloy know, Jimenez,
1: the... the former Cub, now White Sox, had an emergency appendectomy.
0: Yeah, it's just kind of weird to me, but you know, Javier's back and we talked on the last episode with Tommy Birch and I asked him about Javier and it's had been inconsistent. So I am just really hoping that he he just gives it, you know, he he gets to do that long-inning role and really shows the Cubs the best that he can so that he can stay up, you know?
1: Yep. 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 And then Boxberger, we got a little news on him.
0: Yep. No structural damage in his forearm, which is good, but he will have to rest to reduce inflammation, which, you know, Dustin, I'm okay with, and, and I'm just, I don't know, you know, you can, if you have the MLB TV, You can watch all the minor league games, which I love to do. And our friend Alex Cohen does a great job with the uh, Iowa Cubs. And you're just taking a look. Every time Cody Hewer comes out there, it's just getting more and more impressive. And you're getting more and more exciting just to see what this kid can do um, in the minor leagues. I I don't know exactly when he's coming up, but he is eligible to come off the 60-day IL shortly. And so when that happens, he's been in Iowa and he's been throwing upper 90s and he's been throwing 100 miles per hour as well. So he's eligible to come out on 529. So that's next week. And so he is someone that I don't know if they're going to call up. Call up maybe maybe mid to end June. But when he comes if you have a chance to watch the Iowa Cubs, this guy is just throwing flames. And I'm super. I'll
1: take a look to see that. I've read quite a bit about him, but I have not uh, I have not seen him. You know what makes Memorial Day extra special, Crowley? Cubs at home, barbecue beer, and the Cincinnati Reds coming to town.
0: Oh yeah. And and so it's this is this is going to be something that we got to kind of, you know, they've only played the Reds once. That was in early April. It was their second series of the season on the road. And that was a split and the third game was rained out. So that was Drew Smiley's really bad start that we always talk about. That was game one against Connor Overton. He went 4.2 innings, gave up seven runs, six of them earned the Cubs. Uh, we're uh, we're up six to four when Jason Bossler hit a three-run home run in the fifth to put the Reds ahead, and that was the winning run as the Reds took it seven to six. And then the Cubs came roaring back in game two, Hayden Wisniewski against Luis Sesa. The Reds were up three-run, but the Cubs came to life scoring runs in the sixth through ninth inning with that big six-run seventh inning. So they've only played two and they've split them. So that's going to be the interesting thing to see what happens. When we look at the standings now, it, it's it's the Cardinals as we talked about last time were for a split second ahead of the Cubs but now the Cubs have very carefully retaken the lead they're twenty two and twenty five with the Cardinals right behind them at twenty three and twenty nine and Cincinnati in last place twenty one and
1: twenty nine. Yeah, what did David still- Ross uh, call this division horseshit? Right, he called this a horseshit division. Shitty division. Yeah, shitty he, division. And-
0: He's right, and because as bad as the Cubs have played in May, they are four point five games back of the Brewers. They're just two point five games back from the Pirates, and they are only um, two games back in the Wild Card. So they're they're very much in this, Dustin.
1: Far from over, Crawley. Far, far from over. All right. What about the uh, what about any key guys that the uh, Reds added or lost?
0: Well, they they added Will Myers, uh, infield outfielder. They added Luke Weaver, right-handed pitcher. Luke Maley, catcher. Kevin Newman, notorious. Hello, outfielder. Newman. <laughs> yep, he's back. And then interfielder Nick Solick, and they lost infielder Kyle Farmer. So hopefully, you know, this is we were surprised at how well the Cubs have done and they're going for the sweep tonight. They really need to
1: do damage against these reds. Absolutely. Yep. You got to win three, maybe even all, you know, you got, you got to win this series. No doubt about it. You got to win this series.
0: Just so our listeners are aware, the Reds split a four game series at home with the Cardinals who were really hot. So, you know, baseball is just a funny sport, man. Like sometimes you get hot, sometimes things go your way. Uh, I'm, I'm just hoping that the Cubs are hot right now and can continue playing like they've been playing lately and getting those runners in scoring position in.
1: All right, Crawley. As uh, God would intend it, uh, game one, Friday is a day game, right? Friday, 120. And get your beer bet and, and sit in the
0: bleachers. Justin Steele, 6-1 and one with a 220 ERA versus Hunter Green, 0-4 with a 468 ERA. And this is, you know, Dustin, this is something that having Kyle Hendricks does is it just gives you so much more depth. And so Justin Steele, who is now six and one with a 220 ERA, last time against the Phillies, six innings pitch, four hits, zero runs, one walk and six Ks. The guy has just been answering the bell every time for the Cubs just phenomenal just enjoyed watching him pitch all year and hopefully he can do more of the same he's going to be taking on hunter green which i think when you talk about that steel versus hunter green matchup i think that's one that Cub fans are going to be watching for a long long time the results really haven't been there for uh green this year he's 0-4 with a 468 era against the yankees he went seven innings pitch gave up four hits four runs three walks and 10ks you know he, he can he can really he can throw some heat up there but You know, sometimes he can get a little wild, and that's where you can take advantage. Against Colorado, he went four innings pitch, gave up nine hits, six earned runs, one walk with eight strikeouts. So the strikeout numbers will always be high with him, but it's just a question of, you know, the walks and the hits. You can get to him, you know?
1: Absolutely. Game number two, Jamison Tyone getting a couple of extra days rest. That hopefully will be a recipe that uh, works out. And he's taking on Brandon Williamson. (laughs) Yep,
0: Jameson Tyone. Hopefully you're right. Hopefully the rest is all that it is. The, I know him and Tommy Haddovey are probably working hard. I don't know if he mentioned anything on the Mully and Haw show, but 0-3 with an 8.10 ERA disaster last time in Philly, 2-1. gave up six. He went 2.1 innings. He gave up six runs in the first inning. gave up six hits, three walks, and 1K. Against Houston, he went 4.2 innings, gave up six, seven hits, four runs. It's just been an absolute struggle with this guy, so he's got to do something you know he just has to do something he hasn't gone more than five innings in any single start this season so i really don't think
1: he can get much worse right so you can only go up so let's see what happens
0: now the cubs are going to be facing off against brandon williamson and brandon williamson remember the reds make this made this big trade with seattle that's where uh jesse winker and eugenio suarez went to the mariners and Mm -hmm. then the reds got a lot of players back and so they called this kid up on may 16th and so he has started two games 5 16 was his debut against colorado he went 5.2 innings gave up two hits one earned run two walks and 6k so not bad at all and then against the cardinals he went 4.1 innings gave up four hits three earned runs and four walks at 3k so a little more Wildness in that start, so you you got to be asking yourself if you know you don't really know what you have against this kid. So just be patient. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yep. You saw you saw that with Kodai Sangha. They ran up his pitch count, and and that really was huge. It's and always to- it's
1: always a good thing when you can do that. Always a good thing. All, nothing bad happens when you can run up a guy's pitch count
0: right you sit there and you get them out in the fourth fifth inning that they, they got to go to their bullpen and, and and that's where you can really kind of do some damage and so same thing with the kid you know
1: absolutely all right game three sunday afternoon drew smiley going gotta like that for a uh, opportunity for another good win
0: yeah drew smiley he is five and one with a 293 era Last start, I, I that was the game I was at, Grateful Dead night, quote-unquote. Um, he went five innings pitch, four hits, two earned runs against Houston. Six innings pitch, four hits, one earned run. And Minnesota, he ended up with six innings pitch, five hits, two earned runs. So this, this just makes me feel better having Hendricks here. And the way this happens is that even with Tyone in the series, you
1: still have Steele and Smiley going, right? Absolutely, and that that's why they did this, right? They they wanted to split up the lefties. That's why they put tie on where they did.
0: Right, and, and just give him a little bit of extra rest. But when you have those four guys, and I don't know what Hendricks is going to give us tonight, but if he is what I think he's going to be, then you're going to have any given ch- You have a chance to easily, I don't want to say, you have a strong chance of winning anytime those four guys are pitching. When you're talking about Smiley, when you're talking about Steele, when you're talking about... Uh, Strowman and 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 hopefully Hendricks. And if, if yep. and 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 if if God willing, you know Tyone ends up, you know figuring it out. Look a out! Lot can change.
1: Yeah, look out! Right. If he can figure it out, look out. All right, Crawley. How about a little uh, who's hot, new who's not, and then let's get into a prediction.
0: Yeah, when we, when we talk about who's hot, right, who's not, you obviously know that Christopher Morel continues to be hot. There, he's six out of his last eighteen with four home runs. And five RBIs. I don't know if you can get any. And it looks to me like the strikeouts are starting to get a little bit better. And so he's got a, you know, his average is at 333, 400, but he's slugging over a 1,000. So that that is just phenomenal. And Jan Gomes still doing it. He is 11 and four. He's had four hits out of his last 11. He's got two RBIs. He always just seems to me to be really clutch, you know?
1: Yeah, he's been fantastic. I still say that, uh, especially in the month of April, he was the Cubs MVP. You're starting to see Drew uh,
0: Smiley, 18 at-bats, four hits only. He has one home run and four RBIs, three walks, 3Ks, so 222, 364, 444. Trey Mancini is starting to slow down. And obviously with Smiley, he's getting less at-bats. With, with This is the issue. you got Smiley. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, you have... Uh, Mervis getting a lot of at-bats and you're getting um you have to get Christopher Morrell at-bats and so Trey Mancini he only had six at-bats in the last seven days so it's been a struggle for him one hit and that's kind of the thing you worry about is who do you rest and and how does that affect their timing when they get a chance to hit
1: right and he's got to understand that that's his new role with based on what uh you know Mervis's potential and what uh Christopher morel has been doing
0: Yep, and and that's where he, that's where it gets hard. Now for the Pirates, of course, it's going to for be the Reds, for the Reds. Yeah. Reds for the Reds, Reds. Sorry, for the Reds, and that's why when I saw Kevin Newman, former Pirate, but he's five for his last twelve. He's got three RBIs, hitting four seventeen, four sixty two, five hundred. Look out for Spencer Steer at third base. He is twelve for his last thirty, with one home run and six RBIs. He's slashing four hundred, four nineteen, and five sixty seven. So somebody you may want to look out for. We talked about Will Myers being an addition they made on this team. He's won for his last 13. He has one RBI, so he's hitting 077, 250, and he's slugging 077 in his last seven games. So, struggling.
1: Yep, that's, uh, <laughs> that's to say the very least that he's struggling. All right, Crowley, let's get into a prediction. How about that?
0: I, I, I feel much more positive this time around, Dustin. I, I got a feeling that the Cubs are going to take – Two of three.
1: Yeah, two of three safe, but don't be surprised when we get back here. We're talking about the broom and the sweep.
0: I'd love to see it. Um, Jamison Tyone's got to prove something, man. And and so I I will hesitate to call sweep when he has a game that he's
1: starting. Absolutely. All right, that's a wrap. Hope everybody has a great uh, Memorial Day weekend. Don't forget to listen, download, review, subscribe to that Fly the W podcast. Follow us on the socials, Fly the W on Facebook. And uh, Instagram, you can email us, flythew670gmail.com. And Crowley, you can watch us on YouTube by subscribing to the 670 The Score YouTube channel. The Cubs and the Professor are back. Go, Cubs! It's all over.